Despite their eventual marital strife, these two gods remain forever tied together by the world-sized task they were given. If you enjoy these episodes on the first couple, follow Mythology, where we bring ancient myths to life every Tuesday. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Japanese myths and traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. Long ago, in the early days of existence, there was a bridge that connected two separate worlds, a beautiful heaven above and a dangerous ocean below. In heaven, a young goddess named Izanami stood on the bridge and craned her neck to catch a glimpse of the troubled waters. She barely noticed her male counterpart, Izanagi, come up to join her. Izanami, there you are. I should have known you'd be on this bridge again. It's the only place that brings me any excitement these days. Do you ever wonder what's down there? I hear it's never-ending misery. The sea rises up to rage at the sky, and the sky rains down to punish the sea. Why, it's utter chaos. Oh, but Izanagi, doesn't that sound exciting? <laughs> no, it sounds awful. But it won't be for much longer. I hear the great Omodaru is searching for a god brave enough to tame the seas. You mean... Someone would get to go down there? <gasps> we have to volunteer! Think of the danger, Izanami. It's nothing like our tranquil life up here. Exactly! Our heaven is perfect. Perfectly boring. This would be the adventure of a lifetime. And we get to prove our worth as gods. Come with me to ask Omodaru, please. He will listen to you. Very well. Izanagi and Izanami left the bridge to address their heavenly leader. All they wanted was a distraction to brighten up their heavenly existence. But what they would get was the monumental mission of bringing an entirely new world to life. Welcome to Mythology, a ParCast original. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Mythology for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. Today, we're exploring the tale of the first couple. It's the seminal creation myth from Japan's Shinto religion, and it tells the story of a love so powerful it built an entire world. This week, we'll meet Izanami and Izanagi, a pair of curious gods who fall in love as they embark on a world-changing task. Next week, we'll follow the couple as they fight the forces of death to keep their union alive. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. The story of the first couple was first recorded in the Kojiki, the oldest collection of Japanese oral histories, which was compiled in 712 BCE. The Kojiki begins by telling the myths of the kami, the gods and goddesses who made the world. It concludes by detailing the real-life history of Japan's earliest rulers. There's no hard delineation between the myths and the facts, because to the ancient Japanese, the real world naturally evolved from the world of the kami. Izanami and Izanagi have close parallels to the story of Adam and Eve, but unlike their biblical counterparts, the Japanese first couple actually created our world as we know it. Before their divine intervention, the Earth was the scariest place in the universe. In the beginning, the very beginning, the world was a spherical, swirling mass of beauty and chaos, light and darkness. Over time, the chaos and darkness sank to the bottom and formed a dark, turbulent ocean. The beauty and light floated up and formed the heavenly plain. It was a place called Tagamagahara, and the first generation of gods were born there. The first generation was the Kotoa Matsukami. No one knows where they came from or what they looked like, and as soon as they came into existence, they disappeared into the darkness of the universe. Next came the Kamiyo Nanayo, seven generations of kami born in pairs. Each pair had a masculine god and a feminine god, and they existed both separately and together in one being. Though born as twins, their bond would ultimately become that of husband and wife, responsible for creating the next generation. The male Omodaru and female Ayakashiko Ne were the sixth generation, and after they combined their essences, the seventh and final generation of heavenly kami was born. Their names were Izanagi, he who invites, and Izanami, she who invites. Unlike the kami that came before, Izanagi and Izanami were fully separate entities. They were also young and excitable, which led them to ask Omodaru for his permission to tame the sea that raged below the heavens. Ah, come here, my littlest kami. Itching to pester me again, are you? We come to offer our services, great Omodaru. We heard whispers about your plans to tame the sea and wondered if we could be of assistance. It is not simply about taming the sea. I could do that in an instant if I wanted to. My dream is to give rise to something new down there, an existence far different from the one we know here in Takamagahara. We could also do that. At least, I think we could. There is no room for hesitation here. 
This is a massive undertaking. We are more than capable. Just give us a chance. <laughs> You're a fiery one, Izanami. And I'm not exactly a young Kami anymore. Very well. Take this. Omodaru waved his hand, and an ornate, gem-studded spear appeared in the air. It glowed with powerful energy. Amana Nuhoko. The jeweled spear. You know your celestial weapons, little goddess. I've longed to wield it myself. Well, you'll have to long a little longer. I am bestowing it upon Izanagi, as its mighty powers are best suited to his calmer temperament. Thank you, Omodaru. Just because I'm enthusiastic doesn't mean I can't be calm. Is there a problem, Izanami? Uh, no, Omodaru. Thank you for your help. And your trust. Izanagi and Izanami made their way to the Heavenly Bridge. For the first time, they traveled all the way to the other end and made a startling discovery. <gasps> this isn't only a bridge, Izanagi! It's a stairway! The far end of the heavenly bridge sloped downward into the cloudy mist that separated the heavens from the water. Izanami and Izanagi descended the stairs into a hellish world that was completely different from their home. Down here in the turbulent darkness, the wind raged and the stormy sea stretched out into infinity. Tsunami-like waves rose up to crash against each other, like gargantuan beasts battling for supremacy. When the young god's eyes adjusted, the first thing they saw was a giant wave rolling toward them. It knocked them flat on their backs and chilled them to their cores. <coughs> Is this the adventure you wanted? I find it quite thrilling, but it is cold. We should do this as quickly as possible. What next? How am I supposed to know? Izanagi, you have the spear. And no clue how to use it. Ugh. Then hand it over. Maybe the answer will come to me. Wait. Omodaru handed it to me, and he might be angry if I gave it away. But if you held the spear, what would you do with it? Why should I help? You seem quite confident that this is your duty alone, even though it was my idea first. Izanami, are you going to help me so we can go home, or are you going to sulk? I can, and I shall do both. Ugh. Put the spear into the water. It's quite sharp. Perhaps it'll scare the seas into stillness. Or the sea will swallow it up, and we'll lose Omodaru's precious weapon. Ugh! Just dip it in and be done with it! This had better work! Izanagi dipped the jeweled spear into the turbulent waters. Izanami watched with impatience, but nothing much seemed to happen. Disappointed, Izanagi raised the spear from the water, ready to give up. But that's when he noticed that something was hanging off of the edge of the spear. It was a strange clump of sea foam. It churned and bubbled, almost like it was alive. Suddenly, the foam dropped back into the water. But it did not sink back into the waves. Instead, it grew thicker and darker and wider. As Izanagi and Izanami watched with rapt attention, the foam coalesced into a small, rocky island. This was Onogoro, 
And though it was the first land to ever appear in our world, Izanagi and Izanami were a little underwhelmed with the results of their struggle. The soaked gods trudged back up to the heavenly plain, where at least it was warm and dry. They hoped Omodaru would be satisfied. <laughs> you look dreadful. But you have done well, Izanagi. Many thanks. It was not easy. But Izanami was of great assistance. Ah, it is always good to have a comforting feminine energy to support you. I did a bit more than just support him. We are both so grateful for the opportunity you gave us. Now, we'll return to our little cloud and trouble you no longer. Wait just a moment. Do you think your work is finished? I hope it is. <laughs> I think I've learned my lesson about taking this boring old heavenly plane for granted. Your emotions burn hot, Izanami, and you tread the line of insolence. Uh, but she has not crossed it, Great Omodaru. I fear we may simply be confused. We have already created the world, no? <laughs> you only built a wretched little island. There is so much more to do. The sea must be filled with islands and plants and animals and new kami spirits. But sir, with all due respect, we cannot do all that while still attending to our duties on this heavenly plane. An excellent point. So from now on, you have no duty but creation. No partner except for each other, and no home but Onogoro. Izanagi and Izanami's mouths fell open. They had thought of their adventure as a lark on a lazy celestial afternoon, something fun that would curry the Elder God's favor. Now, the young gods were going to be trapped in the inhospitable wilderness, possibly forever. If they were going to complete Omodaru's task, they would have to do it together. Next, Izanagi and Izanami build a home and learn what it means to fall in love. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Now back to the story. Izanagi and Izanami were a unique pair, the youngest gods in the heavenly plane. After they volunteered to create the world's first island, Onogoro, the elder god Omodaru sent them back with a magical spear to create the rest of the world. Izanagi and Izanami thought Onogoro was a miracle when they made it, but in reality, it was a cold, unpleasant place. And now, they were stuck there together. If I knew we were going to be banished here, I would have asked you to conjure up more than this pitiful isle. It's hardly a home. Izanami, will you stop? I'm just as scared as you are. 
The only way we'll survive this is if we work together. We need to find shelter. I know, I know. I just, I think I bit off more than I could chew and I'm rather ashamed of myself. I have no idea how to build a home. I'm sorry. Well, every great palace needs a strong foundation. And in my eyes, this jeweled spear could be the root of it all. Hmm, not a bad plan. <sighs> Time for you to work the spear's magic again. I was hoping we could do it together this time. I'd be honored. Izanagi and Izanami took hold of the spear together, raised it up, and plunged it into the rocky surface of Onogoro. The spear began to glow and grow into a massive wooden column that towered above them, straight through the clouds and into the heavenly plain. Within moments, an entire palace rose from the rocks to surround Izanagi and Izanami. Though Onogoro was still an unwelcoming island, at least the gods had a home. Next, they had a world to create. Izanagi and Izanami's days were consumed with conjuring the basics. A few patches of grass for shade, a river for fresh water, and apple and pear trees for sustenance. They worked hard each day and retired to their separate quarters each night for a well-deserved rest. It wasn't all work, of course. In their free time, the young gods frolicked across the island and tore off their robes to swim in the wild water that surrounded them. Soon, a curious thing began to happen. Izanagi and Izanami's appearances became less godly and more human. Izanagi sprouted whiskers and a beard, while Izanami grew softer and lovelier with each passing day. The differences in their appearance were difficult to ignore and made their innocent playtime somewhat more awkward. Eventually, it had to be addressed. Izanami, this may be improper, but have you noticed how different we have grown from one another? Physically? <laughs> oh, thank heavens! I thought I was the only one who noticed that we don't exactly match. It's been driving me mad! I simply wasn't brave enough to point out the, uh, obvious design flaws. Of course, it isn't the sort of thing you want to bring up out of nowhere, but I'm quite glad you did. I'm sorry, who do you think is the flawed one? You, obviously. You're, well, you're missing something. Down there. Missing something? No, you've just grown one too many limbs. Hmm, I never thought of it like that. The young gods fell into a tense silence. Izanagi shifted to hide his body from Izanami, and Izanami did the same. It was like the twin spirits were almost afraid of each other. Just then, thunder rumbled, and the voice of the great god Omodaru echoed down the heavenly stairs. <laughs> Dear children, you are both wrong, and both right. For you are two halves of a great and powerful whole. I trust you understand now. Omodaru, I'm afraid I do not. You created this island using your powers, but there is another way to build. A ritual union, physical and spiritual, where two halves join to become one. 
Only then will you truly be able to populate the world, for your union will bring forth new lands and more kami like yourselves. But how? Meet at the heavenly pillar at the center of your palace. Izanagi will circle it to the left, and Izanami will circle it to the right. Once your paces have aligned, you will cross each other's paths. Izanagi will greet his new bride, saying, What a beautiful young woman I see before me! Then Izanami will greet her new groom by saying, What a handsome young man I see before me! Then what? <laughs> if you have followed my instructions, nature will do the rest. Now go forth! And may your sacred wedding be a fruitful one. Izanami and Izanagi retreated to their quarters to prepare. They stared at their reflections and for the first time wondered what the other might find attractive. Izanami conjured a delicate peach-colored robe and fluffed her long, dark hair out until it fell in waves across her shoulders. Izanagi chose a rust-colored robe and ran a comb through his whiskers until he felt he looked presentable. But of course, presentable was hardly enough, so he conjured a jeweled sword to affix at his side. Now, Izanagi looked handsome and godly, and he hoped Izanami would see that too. As the sun set on the Isle of Onogoro, the twin spirits each took a spot on opposite ends of the heavenly pillar and began to walk toward their destiny. Each remarked to themselves that the pillar seemed wider than it ever had before, or perhaps the anticipation of seeing each other just made it feel that way. Izanami and Izanagi couldn't help themselves. They quickened their pace and burst into an excited run. Then the pair stopped in their tracks, breathless and joyful. They were finally face to face. Izanagi was speechless at the sight of Izanami in her ceremonial robe. He struggled to remember the exact phrasing that Omodaru had told him. Izanami, however, was only too eager to take this great leap into the unknown, so she spoke first. What a handsome man I see before me. Izanami rushed to wrap her betrothed in her arms, but she was shocked when Izanagi ducked. Wait! Why? What's the matter with you? Omodaru said I was the one who was supposed to greet you first. Ugh, come now, Izanagi. Does it really make a difference? It might. Well, you can mull it over all you want, but frankly, I'm rather upset that I haven't been called beautiful yet. You know you are. I just want to do things the right way. Then hurry up and compliment me, you silly man. Fair enough. What a beautiful young woman I see before me. <laughs> That's more like it. The young kami were overcome with desire and raced off to satisfy their primal urges. For the first time, they did not sleep in separate quarters. Soon, Izanami was pregnant, and the couple could hardly contain their excitement or their curiosity. They were the gods of creation now, and there was no telling what might emerge from Izanami when the time was right. Izanagi hoped for a child or another kami spirit who would liven things up and provide some company. 
Izanami hoped to give birth to a new island, a place even more dangerous and wondrous than Onogoro. Her longing for adventure had returned, but this time she hoped to create the adventure for herself. Sometime later, Izanagi stood in his palace alone. Izanami had taken a late-night stroll by the beach, and he thought he might surprise her by conjuring up a new wing to house their future children. As he pondered, he heard a delightful shout from the shore. Izanagi, come quick, it's happening! I'll be right there, my love! Izanagi took a moment for himself. He was about to become a father, and he marveled at the thought. His excited reverie was interrupted by Izanami's blood-curdling scream. Izanagi scrambled to the shore, where he found Izanami on the sand. Though it was dark, he could see that her robe was open and two dark, quivering masses pinned her limbs to the ground. Whatever was attacking his pregnant wife, Izanagi needed to eliminate it immediately, so he unsheathed his jeweled sword to strike the creatures down. Get away from her! No! Izanagi, stop! These are... our children. This can't be! What's wrong with them? Next, Izanagi and Izanami fix their mistakes to avoid the wrath of the gods. Now, back to the story. Izanagi and Izanami were sent from the heavenly plain to the troubled ocean that stewed below. Their mission was to bring order and harmony by creating the world as we know it. But first, they had to get married. After following the elder god Omodaru's instructions, the couple consummated their marriage and looked forward to the wonders they would create. But their love begat terrors instead. The first child Izanami produced was named Awa, and it wasn't quite a child. Awa was a ball of sea foam, but that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. The couple's home island of Onogoro started as foam and quickly coalesced into the first land on Earth. Izanami and Izanagi hoped the same thing would happen again, but Awa never congealed. Instead, it just sloshed out to shore and floated in the waves, never growing, but never shrinking. A disappointed Izanami and Izanagi worried their early success at creating Onogoro was a lucky accident, and their second child confirmed those fears. The child named Hiruko was born without arms, legs, or bones. He looked like a giant leech, there appeared to be no godliness or humanity to him. He was just a sickly sack of skin who made excruciatingly loud noises. Oh, what do you want from me? You won't eat, you won't sleep, and I don't know how to help you. <laughs> My love, what troubles you? I can't take care of this thing anymore, Izanagi. He brings me no joy, and from his hateful sounds, I doubt I bring him any joy either. And what of Awa? Is she... it... faring well? Awa is a ball of foam. Your guess is as good as mine. Perhaps... they should be left to fend for themselves. Are you saying we should 
abandoned them? Does that make me a terrible man? No. And actually, the thought of being rid of them is the only thing that has brought me joy in weeks. <laughs> Does that make me a terrible mother? No. We're building a new world. We were bound to make mistakes. I suppose you're right. On the shores of Onogoro, Izanami watched as her husband built a boat made of reeds. He gently laid Hiruko into the boat, then pushed the child out to sea. Soon, the boat reached Awa, Hiruko's frothy, foaming sibling. The foam gathered around Hiruko's boat and gently carried him off into the open water. Just before they dipped beyond the horizon, Izanami could have sworn she heard Hiruko gurgle in a way that almost sounded happy. (coughs) Izanagi and Izanami were relieved, but their relief was soon replaced by anxiety. They knew they had to return to the heavenly plane to seek Omodaru's guidance, and they weren't quite sure how the god would react to their failure. Omodaru, we come in supplication. Something went terribly awry with our creation ritual. Indeed, something has. And now your leech child sails the sea, terrifying every soul he encounters. Or he would, if your wife had actually bothered to birth any other souls beyond sea waste and skin sacks. We do not understand. We followed your instructions. First, we circled around the pillar, and then we greeted each other. Did Izanagi greet you first? Uh, well, I happened to speak first in this instance, but... Then you did not follow my heavenly bidding. It is no surprise to me that you birthed abominations, for the female must wait to be spoken to. Why? Are we not equal? Yes, you both serve equal roles. Equal, but different. He is Izanagi, he who invites, and I am Izanami, she who invites. Our very names indicate that either can, well, invite. A man invites by inviting. A woman invites by beckoning to be invited. It is the way. The way isn't fair. Do you wish to complain, or do you wish to fulfill your celestial purpose? Fulfill our purpose. Isn't that right, Izanami? My love, why are you letting him speak to me like this? Please! Omodaru, we wish to fulfill our purpose. Then go back to Onogoro and complete the ritual again. Properly. Izanami and Izanagi returned to Onogoro. Once again, they dressed in their finest robes, but Izanami found it difficult to care about her looks. Once again, they walked around the heavenly pillar, but Izanami shuffled slowly this time. Soon, they faced each other again, and Izanagi tried his best to make his bride feel loved. What a beautiful woman I see before me. What a handsome man I see before me. Izanagi and Izanami returned to their marital bed. It was hardly a night of passion like their first joyous coupling, But they saw things through. Neither of them was quite satisfied, but they prayed the Elder Gods would be. Things were tense between the first couple for a few days, but soon the fog of anger and sadness lifted from Izanami's mind. 
Her belly grew full and a powerful energy pulsed through her veins. She was definitely pregnant and this time she knew things would go right. Izanagi had given his wife space as he knew recent events hadn't been easy for her. But one day he saw her sitting on the shores of Onogoro with a hand on her belly. She looked peaceful and serene, and his love for her grew even stronger. He had to be with her. Izanami? Is it safe for me to... I mean, would you care for my company? I would love your company. You're not still upset? I hate how we left things with Omodaru. You mean how Omodaru left things for us? Yes. I was upset. But, oh, Izanagi, if you could feel what I feel. It's as if an entire universe of possibility is waiting to burst from my womb right now. (laughs) I'm not sure I'm ready for a whole universe, so I hope it's not right this instant. Why, yes, right this instant. What? Stand back, my love. A powerful burst of light and energy rushed forth from Izanami's body and was quickly followed by seven more. The lights shot out to the water. First, the lights became gigantic masses of roiling, bubbling sea foam. Then the sea foam hardened and eight massive islands jutted out from the sea. Six more balls of energy escaped Izanami's body, and soon six smaller islands dotted the horizon. The world! Izanami, you've built the world! This is incredible! (laughs) And I'm hardly finished! Here come the kami! What happened next was so incredible that even a god like Izanagi was humbled. A river kami leapt from Izanami's glowing body, followed by a wind kami. Then a tree kami and a mountain kami. In total, over 800 spirits sprang from their mother's womb. Tall ones and short ones, gentle ones and frightening ones, and all shot out to the sea to bring life to the newly formed islands. Plants grew, and animals howled, and rivers ran, and snow dusted the mountaintops. Growth, order, and harmony were brought to the world, just as Omodaru and the other gods had wished. Is that it? (sighs) Is that it? I just birthed 14 islands and 800 gods. (laughs) No, I meant, is it over? Yes, I... I believe it is. Oh, I'm burning up. I'll fetch some fresh water. Look at my skin, Izanagi. It's steaming. I think... I think there's still one Kami left in me. A fire Kami! Do you really think so? Well, it isn't a cold drink of water, Kami. I'll tell you that much. Right, right, the water. I'll get it and... No, wait. Just uh, stay by my side. But not too close. Ah, Izanagi! Izanagi fell back onto the ground as an inferno erupted from Izanami's body. The fire seemed to float through the air, letting out billowing smoke in all directions. 
Izanagi coughed and sputtered, but kept his eyes on the flames. For they soon burned in the shape of a young man. The young fire kami leapt and twirled in the air, then skipped happily across the island. He left a trail of magical, flaming footsteps in his wake. <laughs> oh, my wife, you've outdone yourself. This fire kami is... He's perfect, as are you, of course. We shall name him Kagutsuchi, the Shining One. Izanami? Izanagi turned back to look at his wife, but the smoke was too thick to make out much of anything. He stumbled closer to where she lay and finally caught a glimpse of his wife's outstretched hand. He rushed over and knelt by her side. Izanami? Izanami! Please, wake up! But Izanami's eyes stared into the sky, too still and too blank. The only sign of life in them was the reflection of her fire child's flames. Izanagi let out a sob and stood up, lifting his lifeless wife to hug her close. But something was wrong here, too. Her body was much too light. That's when Izanagi realized the bottom half of his beloved bride had burned clean away. No! Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. Find out what happens when Izanagi hatches a daring plot to rescue Izanami from the land of the dead. For more information on the first couple, amongst the many sources we used, we found Gustav Helt's translation of the Kojiki to be extremely helpful to our research. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Mythology, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Mythology on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type Mythology in the search bar. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday, we dive into another dark, classic tale. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Isabella Way. This episode of Mythology was written by Amin Osman, with writing assistance by Greg Castro. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tom Bauer, K.G. Tang, and Jen Wong. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Vanessa Richardson.